I think I'm doing a decent job at connecting with people and interviewing them. Today's guest is a great example of my networking skills, obviously, but more importantly, he's a very successful businessman. And uh, this is what it's all about. Uh, we share interesting stories here, and I hope that by bringing guests to the show, I bring you a lot of value, and that's it. On the other hand, I'm not that great with uh, asking for comments and building the audience for my podcast. So yeah, that's a flaw here, but I'm trying to do my best. Maybe today is my uh, lucky day. Who knows? Okay, uh, back to the point. Today I have invited Dariusz Nawojczyk from uh, Salesbook. Uh, he's responsible for brand communication, sales and VC relations in the business. And the company created a very interesting app for sales enablement and sales acceleration. Two very interesting buzzwords, worth noting in your dictionary, especially if you're a part of a growing sales team or you uh, maybe manage one. Uh, there is a lot of interesting insights in this one, so uh, listen carefully. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Venture Poland Podcast. My name is Daniel Czachorowski and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. In my podcast, I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startup founders, managers and engineers, so we can all learn from them. Enjoy today's episode. Dariusz, thank you very much for accepting the invite for uh, the interview today. I'm really glad that we've managed to you know, connect and we will be able to talk a bit about uh, Salesbook and uh, what you guys do to help companies uh, in their uh, sales process effectively. I mean, this is this is probably the shortest uh, explanation of uh, what you guys do. I will obviously hand over to you. So pitch us on Salesbook. Uh, what are you guys up to and uh, why we should pay close attention to what you do? Thank for your invitation. The pleasure is mine. I must say that you are totally right. Salesbook helps companies to achieve the sales goals by giving them the technical tools that help them during the sales processes with closing the deal and then uh, with the customer service. Salesbook is the app that you can install on your iPad and you can go with this iPad to the customer and have your sales pitch using the very nice graphical, visually attractive elements from the iPad. You can show the main information about the company. And then you can start going through the sales process. So for example, you can collect all the information that would be necessary for you to prepare the offer for the customers. So you can survey the customer, ask the most important questions in terms of the future deal. Then, of course, you can prepare the offer for him. If you convince your customer to sign the agreement, our application also gives you the ability to sign the offer, uh, sign the agreement, sorry, for, uh, on the iPad. So it is quite easy to do. And at the end of your meeting, you can just send straight from our application uh, the summary so after just sending this summary to the customer, you don't have to go to your CRM system and put all those data to the system and then send the summary email to the customer. 
every task like that is done automatically after you click finish the meeting. So this is a huge advantage. And of course, we also built quite advanced analytics module. So not only you can see proper data about the sales process, but you can uh, have also uh, quite extensive data related to the meeting itself. And this analytic module, uh, it has two main functions. The first one is, of course, the control. So you can control quite easily uh, what is being done throughout your whole Salesforce team. And the second function, which is more interesting, this is the function that helps you to find out what are the best scenarios that helps the best sellers, advisors to close the deals. Because if you have every single salesperson in your company described by the huge amount of data related to what he is actually doing every single day, then you can find out what are the best practices. And then you can grab those practices and just go to your other sellers. Maybe they, they are not so good and just tell them what to do because you have the proper set of data describing the best practices in your sales force. It's a very broad uh, explanation of what you do. And I understand and I appreciate the fact that it is a complex thing. It's not an easy task to... Um, manage the whole sales process including you know gathering data and then sending offers and then closing deals and everything and then on top of that you've got all the analytics and uh, I can imagine it really helps the teams the sales enablement category the Salesforce automation uh, category it's not so broadly used by the companies and for most of them this is something new but I can assure you that every single sales manager who sees what our application can do and how it can change the way he operates, he immediately falls in love uh, with those kind of tools because it totally changes the, the whole perspective on, um, on the sales process. It seems like you guys help solve a very interesting problem which is directly connected to how companies approach their sales processes. So if the sales process is designed in a very inefficient way, the sales team will not do it properly and then everything else will just fall down. So to me, uh, with a sales book, you pretty much either force the team or guide the team to give them the ability to, first of all, design yeah. the process properly, and then secondly, I, I, do the I, I'd job. I'd rather to so, use the word guide. Uh, I think that's the right word here. Even if someone in your sales team is intimidated when he sees the sales book for the first time, and maybe he believes that, wow, the company is going to change the way I'm doing my job for the last 10 years, and I don't like it. Maybe someone is a little bit afraid of being controlled by the company. So these are the objections that we sometimes see in the sales teams. But after one month of using this application, every single salesperson in the whole team loves it because this application helps him to be a better seller. 
So imagine the situation that I'm an average seller and I have my commission plan and I never ever uh, reached more than 40%. And after Salesbook is implemented in the company, the average seller and in most scenarios, also the very junior salespersons, they can reach their quotas uh, month to month and they start being given better paychecks. But for the first time, you have the proper knowledge. It's not the soft knowledge. It's not something that is being said during the sales meeting. It's, it, these are the hard data that you can grab and go to the average and weak sellers and tell them what to do based on the data. And this is the huge advantage because the whole team is going better and better mount by mount. This is really something important for us. So uh, could you give us some real life examples on how big data actually helped the specific sales team or uh, the manager? Yeah, basically, uh, for example, um, you can see that the best sellers, they spend with the customer at least 30 minutes during the, during the meeting. And you can see that the, uh, the weakest ones, they spend like, like 10 minutes on average. And this is the first info that you, that you have. And you can go to the sales team and say that, guys, I suggest you to spend far more time with the customer because it may provide better results for you and for the company. The other thing that you can grab from, from this data is that, for example, you can find out that the best sellers in your team, they never miss something from the process during the whole sales meeting. And you can see that he always does this and that and that. You can grab this info and go to the, to the, to the weaker seller and tell him never miss this presentation, never miss this survey or never miss something else right or you can find that uh, the best sellers they always close the deal when they meet in a restaurant for example and not in the customer uh, headquarters so these are the basic data that you can have and try to expand this information to the whole team and this is quite important because you as the sales manager uh, if you have only the crm so you have the information that are being put by the sales team uh, like from the top of the head. And to be honest, the, the salesperson filling the CRM, he can put every information. And then you as the manager go to the management board and then you are reporting the good information, the good prognosis. And at the end of the quarter or at the end of the year, something bad happens because the results are not as good as you've been reporting to the, to the management board. And there's always this question, what happened, right? And when you have the hard data that are being collected by the system itself, you can have proper indicators. Like my sales team has done like 1,000 meetings through the quarter, but only 220 are efficient and I as a manager I can I can base my report to the management board uh, on those 220 effective 
um, uh, meetings. So I am a little bit closer to, to report uh, the truth to the management board and not to be like... Uh, not guessing, I think it's just yeah, guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is the less probable that the information about the sales at the end of the quarter or the year would be like different from what you were prognosing uh, through through the period of time, right? Sure. So in that case, I'm really curious on your experience, uh, you know, working with sales teams, because in order to actually use Salesbook, you obviously need to implement it somehow. It's not like an app you can just download and start playing with it. You probably no. need like an introduction process or some kind of onboarding. Yes. So I'm really interested in your key takeaways on typical problems for sales teams, because Obviously, Salesbook can address quite a lot of them. But if someone is just, you know, uh, maybe starting with building their sales team or maybe building the sales process, what are the key takeaways from your experience, you know, working with a lot of salespeople today? So the ideal situation for us when we start talking with the customer is the situation that in which the customer has already got the the process structured but it's rarely the case i mean because what we want to do we want to map the sales process that is being used in the customer to our app right so we are asking the question just guys just write down the, the whole process and we map it to the application uh, so we can work with the application and of course, the bigger the organization, the, the more conscious about the whole process, but the smaller the medium and the small companies, they usually need to build this process. So this is the first step that needs to be done. So my, my great advice for all companies that are interested in sales enablement, in Salesforce automation, to think about the description of the process how you approach and sell to the customer like step by step what kind of information do you need on each step what kind of tools data surveys calculators suggestors uh, argumenters offers agreements and so on are helpful on each step through the uh, sales process sure. So maybe just closing the talk about the actual sales process, uh, the application and, and managing the whole uh, sales team, uh, what would you say is sales more art or science? Um, it's, it's a good but difficult question to give you like straight answer, but I will try, okay? Sure, so sure. When, when you look at the uh, Gauss graph, you can see that the, there's always the highest quantity of the average things. And the more you go to the right or the more you go to the left on the Gauss graph, the less quantity of the entireties uh, are being shown on this graph. So it also is strictly connected with the quality of the salesperson in the sales teams. When you look at every single sales team there's always the biggest number of the average salespersons 
uh, there's always the small number of the sales geniuses and there's always the small number of people that are really really bad at selling most of most of people are just average seller right so when we see the the sale process as an art we are referring to the small number of the sales geniuses on the Gauss graph. And then I can say, yes, for those people, this is the art. They have this spark. They have this something that is really difficult to describe that lets them always uh, close the deal, right? But to find those people in the market and to build the sales team based on those people it's really difficult. So you can't build your team based on this assumption. To my mind, it is more likely that you have a ton of average sales persons in your team and then you look for something else. And this something is the, is the data, is the analytics that you can use as this magic that you can then expand to your whole team. What is more, you can even, using Salesbook, like find out what is this magic which is connected to this sales geniuses because they have to work with the iPads like everyone else in, in your organization. And then you can see what they actually do through the whole sales process to, to close the deal. And these are the data. You, you have the, all those actions, the activities of the best sellers, they are pretty well described by the data you can grab this data go to the majority of the sailors of in your team and just tell them what to do so in the vast majority of of the scenarios it's the science and for a small sales geniuses it's the art that at first it is quite difficult to explain and to describe but having tools like ours you can at least try to describe how to be the sales genius I must admit, I really liked your answer. I really liked uh, the fact that you have uh, brought up the Gauss chart here because it, it's so true for a lot of things in our lives. And um, on that note, I would like to move on to things which are related to the company. What are the key things to focus on uh, when building a startup from your perspective? Because you guys are still a startup from what I understand. Uh, yes or no. Uh, for example, we don't qualify for the most startup contests at the moment, as we uh, yeah, as we are like in the Facebook form, four years on the market, we have proper traction. We have more than thirty uh, people in our team. So I'm not so sure that we are a startup. I think we are something a, a little bit more at the moment, like a growing company. Congratulations, then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Uh, and what was your question? Sorry. Uh, the question was about key things to focus on when building a startup from your perspective, because you once were a startup then. Oh, yeah, yeah. So most of the startups today are in the area of the new technologies. So when you are this kind of startup that is based on the, on the, on the work of R&D departments, uh, so you are creating technology, you are, you are creating the, the new algorithm or something. You need those engineers in your R&D and your company 
uh, really relies on on their experience um, and to me it is crucial to be able to manage those those people in a proper way because the fastest you provide the product to the market uh, the higher the chances that you may be a successful company so trying as soon as possible to reach something that we call the market feed to get the proper feedback from the real people that can use your product what they think about it because there are these two approaches in in the startups that i can see some of the managers they read all those books about elon musk and steve jobs and so on and they start to believe that they should act like them so to be like the brilliant genius that uh, has his vision and not to pay a lot of attention for what the market say for the survey says what the data says what the customers say because you have this spark in yourself you have this kind of vision that you believe in so you don't really care about what market is saying about your uh, your, your your vision right i believe you have to balance it with uh, at least listening to the customers because because at the end of the day you really rely on the customers and the money the cash they are willing to pay for what you are providing to them so our facebook experience is that of course we have this vision but we also pay a lot of attention to the customer feedback from the very very early days and the first interactions of the customers with our product and going back to this uh, R&D team uh, you have to be really sure that you as the manager are giving the proper motivation and information to the R&D team why we are doing something and why it is really crucial to build today this function and not the other function in our application so you can keep this R&D team motivated and, and well informed about why we are doing something. And this is one of the most important things uh, during my career, let, let's call it like that, I've seen uh, like several companies with a huge problem uh, on the edge between the business and the technology inside of the companies and i believe we put in salesbook lot attention to make this edge being as comfortable as possible uh, at the end of the day we work as a team and every single person in the company clearly understands what we want to achieve brilliant very very uh, nice answer i would say really neat thank you very much for that another one let's um, call it uh, let's call it day almost uh, for the recording what was the most difficult thing running uh, the company for you i'm really curious whether it was it uh, hiring staff or maybe developing the technology or uh, finding good partners investors or maybe doing what you've just mentioned which is uh, finding the fit for your product in the market well just find, finding the fit was quite easy as we uh, we always focused on talking with the customers 
so we, we didn't have this problem. There was no problem with the first traction. Uh, what was really difficult? Maybe, maybe finding the, the, the proper people on the market. I think, like, I'm not the only one who, uh, who makes the statement like that, but it is, it is really difficult for every single startup in Poland at the moment to find the, uh, the right people. And of course, we want to work with the people who, who, who really understand what we want to achieve and, and, and who are willing to give us all their energy that helps us to, to grow faster. So, so, so the HR uh, problems, they are common uh, in Poland at the moment. And of course, uh, maybe, maybe the second, uh, a little bit difficult uh, part, especially when we, when we are trying to compare ourselves with the other uh, companies from the Western Europe, not to mention the, 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 the Silicon Valley and so on, uh, is that the, 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 the funds that are like in, on the market at the moment, VC cooperation on the, or the national programs, maybe they can be a little bit bigger uh, because we have raised money with the help of the great funds which is uh, the Speed Up uh, Group and the Corbin Angels. I, I want to be uh, understood uh, well. We are growing quite fast at the moment, but of course our dreams <laughs> are uh, in, the, in the realms in, in which we are growing like 10 times, 10 times faster. Uh, the proper amount of funds uh, would definitely uh, help us a lot in this process. So maybe it's a little bit difficult here in Poland uh, to find a proper funds for the for 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 growing for scaling up the company, and that is why we are thinking about just going outside the Poland and try to maybe find uh, another round um, and to raise this fund um, outside uh, our country. We we have not decided uh, yet where we should go for this money. But I think the, 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 the most promising markets are in Western Europe okay, or in the USA. Uh, well, there's nothing else I can say. Good luck with that. Before I let you go, there's one more question, uh, which is more related to you than the company. Uh, what did you learn recently as an executive, as a businessman, as a co-founder to do your job better? I'm really interested in that. Oh my God, that's really hard. Uh, that's really hard. There must be uh, something. There must be something. <laughs> uh, maybe I can say something about. I uh, uh, well, that's that's something that everyone knows, and it's not something that I have learned, but something that I can assure you just works properly every single time. And many people, uh, especially in the marketing, they they may be disagreeing with this. But but having an honest message uh, in the honest communication, which is strictly targeted for the needs of a of a certain group of people on the market, is is really something. <laughs> uh, I know it's cliche. I know about this, like for the last 20 years at least, <laughs> but every single time 
I'm just performing the, the campaign, for example, it's astonishing how good those basic rules work Brilliant. every single Brilliant. time. Okay. Darius, thank you very much for your time today. I really uh, hope you guys uh, do well in 2020. I wish you all the best and uh, hopefully we can uh, stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, wish all best to, to your uh, podcast listeners. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thanks.